reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants, midweek and late week show because it's the bye week. This is actually episode 99. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you previously recorded with my co-host, Danny King. Danny, you are in New York and you don't have any inside info and I'm in Florida and I just don't get things. Uh, that was that was our review. It's like, Danny, why don't you have any inside info? Anyways, Danny, it's the bye week. We're going to clean up the Jets game, answer some mailbag questions but how are you doing a few game, a few days after the Jets game? I mean, I, I tried to get in contact with Dave Gellin, like, yo, give me that inside info. But he's like, nah, I don't got anything for you. I mean, yeah, and it sounds like one of us record out of our apartment. So, hey. Neither one of us live in an apartment, but we no. both have houses and are wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. I mean, hey, no inside info. I guess we're just a terrible show. But. I'm not doing good after the Giants Jets games because it's still great in my memory, and also like it dropped. It's now like 20 degrees up here in New York. Where did that come from? It was only 60 on Monday, and now it's like record cold. It's like it's too early for this. It's only November, man. It's freezing down here in Florida, man. Oh, it's, I was it's, like, yeah, 70. 60s. I had to put oh. a sleeve uh, t-shirt on. Get the man, heck it, out of it, here! It, it was brutal. No, it's actually really nice. Oh, it's cloudy though, but I I enjoy it. Uh, anyways, Danny, we have a lot to clean up. Actually, not a lot to clean up from the Jets game, but we have some transactions, some injury news. The first transact. Let's go. Let's go through injuries. Jenkins, Red Ellison, Nate Solder all have concussions to go along with Sterling Shepard's concussion. Danny, I really think this is like uh, a Billy Madison scene where <laughs> it's, instead of peeing your pants, it's like getting yeah, concussions. Cool. It's like. Oh look, Billy has a concussion too. Like I want a concussion. Like everyone has concussions, and it's all the old guys on the team. And Ellison, uh, Solder, Janoris, and and Shep's the only young young gun out of the bunch. Yeah. Um, Solder, which we'll talk about, like the offensive line and how Solder fits going forward. Um, in a, in a second, so I don't want to talk about that. Now Ellison being out, that brings back Scott Simonson, a guy me and you both like. We both slated him as the number three tight end this year, and he would have been if he didn't get hurt. A guy who I think is a very capable blocker. We saw some good things out of him. And, you know, he could catch a pass here and t- there too. Um, a guy I think that can play the Red Ellison role just about as good as anybody. Yeah, and I mean, I had the vibe Red out. I, I wasn't surprised when they announced Red Ellison had a concussion because I remember in the game, I tweeted, I'm like, Red Ellison, he looked hurt on that play. It looked like he was trying to shake something out, and obviously it turned out he has a concussion. But yeah, I'm so pumped Scott Simonson's back because, as you said, he was easily going to be the number three tight end if it wasn't for that injury. And he, he's, he's Red Ellison, just obviously younger, and yeah, he could play that role. He's basically just Red Ellison, so I'm happy he's back because we don't know if Ingram will be back on for Sunday against Chicago. He may be, but either way, I'm happy to have Scott Simonson back. He's a quality tight end, and um, I feel like he could he'll be on this roster next year because he's such a he's a young guy. You can have to when Red Ellison's time is done here in New York, you can look at Scott Simonson and he could be a replacement because he can run block, he can catch the football. Yeah, he had one touchdown last year, but he got more reps towards the end of last season. Yeah, and he is actually our insider info because he follows me on Instagram. So now, uh, Giant Jeff, who left that review, um, he he can uh, he can be our inside info, and now Giant Jeff can can yeah. leave us a five star, yeah. maybe like a two star review. I don't know. Yeah, and Scott Simons to like my tweets, so I mean, hey, we're practically best friends. Yeah, that's our inside info. Uh, <laughs> anyways, remember CJ Conrad? Remember when that was like, oh, could we run four tight ends? I remember. Um, those. those were good times. Those were times when we had uh, aspirations of winning. I can't believe that he's not on the practice squad. I mean, he's still a free agent. It's kind of 
Mind blowing. Still a free agent. Yeah, nobody's even put him on the practice squad. Even our guy Jake Carlock got signed to the Dolphins practice squad. Congrats to him. Um, job, I will. Jake. I will. I will miss him though dearly. Um, maybe we could. Fan. Well, <laughs> hopefully, if he can, if he can get upgraded to the active oh roster, God. Me and him will be going uh, up to New York for that Dolphins game. So that would be nice. Oh boy, you would. I don't know if you'd be able to hold yourself. You see Jake Carlock running out onto the field. <laughs> I might become a Dolphins fan if Jake Carlock is <laughs> playing. Be, I, I'm left all alone for that week. Could you just give me raving about Jake Carlock and the Dolphins? I'm buy a Jake Carlock jersey. Um, <laughs> right. No, you buy his giant jersey and you wear like, go Jake Carlock. <laughs> all right. And then other news before we get in the cleanup. Um, Janoris Jenkins, but you said that he said that he'd be fine. So, And he went on kind of like a, tw- not a Twitter rant, but he started answering questions about everything. Um I don't know how much you buy into it, but it is what it is. Uh, and Julian Love, who we've been, who's been the most mysterious guy on this New York Giants roster all year, Art Stapleton reported that in practice this week. Now it is a bye week, so they might be trying different things. And, but Pat Shermer alluded that more young guys are going to get their shot. Julian Love has been getting first team reps over Antoine Bethea in practice this week. No, yeah, that's that. Uh, it, it's a sign that the Giants know the season's lost and they're not going to uh, jump around anymore. They're going to put their young guys in there and they're going to see what they bring to the table. And that's a good move because Antoine Buffet, he's done literally nothing. Like, uh, he was a terrible free agent sign-in. I assume Betcher wanted him brought in because he thought he would have um, uh, had his resurgence with him as he did with Arizona. But he's just been a disappointment. He's had bad angles, bad tackles, just hasn't made plays. So it makes sense to put Julian Love back there. Now, obviously, Julian Love won't be much better, probably. But I, makes- I, I don't understand. Like, and I hate this because I love Antoine Bethea, the guy. I love Antoine Bethea's career. I think he's had an, an awesome career. I really do like Antoine Bethea. So it makes me uncomfortable like speaking badly about him. But as far as like playing deep, you can't be worse than what Bethea has been this year. I'm serious. Like, um, you know, he, like I understand Curtis Riley missed tackles and stuff like that, but like, and he's not worse. So he, I guess he is not as bad as Curtis Riley, but he's just done nothing at that deep area. Now I feel like he still could make some plays if he pin in the box. Betcher doesn't do it for some reason, but if we're gonna put Julian Love playing deep, he can't be worse than what Antoine Bethea has been. Yeah, that that could be true, but uh, it's gonna be growing pains back there for him. But as long as they do it now, so we know what we have at free safety, if that will be a position we need to address in the off season, I'm all for it here. But yeah, there is so much expected of Antoine Buffet. I was a big fan of the sign in, and obviously he just fell flat. And I don't know, we we obviously just got him when he he hit the peak of his career, and now he's on the downfall of his career. So unfortunately. All the players, it catches up to them, and now, unless maybe New York just isn't the place for him to play, I will be shocked if he's here next year, and maybe he'll go to another team and dominate and get back to his old form. But clearly here in New York, he's not the answer at free safety, and that's another position that will have to be addressed in the offseason. Or, as I said, hopefully Julian Love proves enough that he could be the free safety. And and we like Julian Love coming out of the draft a lot. Now, we expect him playing corner, and, and what was crazy is in, you know, and OTAs are like, man, how are we going to get all these guys on the field? Sam Beal's having a great OTAs. Um, DeAndre Baker, the first round. Jenkins is still around. We were like, they're, they're going to have to trade Jenkins just to make room for these guys. Um, but I, I think Julian Love is safety. Let's see how it works. We've seen guys move from corner and call us to safety and be some of the best guys in the league. I mean, Antrell Roll, uh, Malcolm Jenkins. We see it happen. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see Julian Love if he's out there starting um, against the Bears. Uh, this upcoming, not this upcoming week, but the week after. Uh, I'm all for starting. I would be excited to see him start in. And I mean, that Bears game, it's going to be interesting just to see who's out there with all like these concussions we got going right now and how will Red Ellison be out there? Will Solder be out there? Will J- Jack Rabbit be out there? So th- this bye week comes at a good time because it allows players to get healthy. But who knows? Concussions, you don't know how long these will take. So maybe we may get one guy back. We may get two guys back. We may not get any of them back. So I'm intrigued to see who we get back for that week. But I'm all for Julian Love starting that free safety just because hope maybe it provides something. Maybe him and Jabril Peppers are the duo the Giants need to lead us back to the uh, the uh, glory on the defense. Another thing, though, I'm just wondering. I wonder how uh, 
I wonder if the Giants regret releasing Darian Thompson right now. Because, I mean, he hasn't done anything, but would he have been a better option than Antoine Buffea and Curtis Riley at that point? I'm going to throw that to you, Bob. Do you think Darian Thompson would have been a better option? Maybe, but I don't think they would ever pull the trigger and fit Thompson in over Bethea. I uh, yeah, you're probably right there. Um, so yeah, um, Danny, let's get into the film cleanup of the Jets game. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot there. Some things I want to get to on the offense. The offensive line did not play well. I will say Nick Gates is pretty freaking impressive, man. His technique is almost flawless. Now he's a he's like he's a little like he's six five. He looks like a guard playing tackle. But I'm telling you, this kid's technique is flawless. His only issue was that sometimes when you know he'd get bull rush and he'd anchor in, he'd get driven back. But even then, he would hold on to his blocks and not let guys get off him when that happened. And he would kind of anchor in, you know, once he, he got a few steps backwards. Um, and like he picked up stunts. I mean, it was it was pretty impressive out of gates. Uh, I'm gonna do a whole O line report uh, the next coming days. But I, d- I just wanted to point out that with Nick Gates. Um, and in fact. This might be a hot take, but I th- Mike Remmers has played pretty good this year. He's had he's had bad games, but for the most part, he's played pretty good. He's done. He's exceeded. He's exceeded my expectations that you know he had when he was signed. I'd almost be willing to throw Mike Remmers at left and keep Nick Gates at right. Now it's it was against a bad Jets t- uh, team, so I don't want to say anything, but I'm, I'd almost be willing to say that. Yeah, the offensive line, nothing special, especially losing Solder really hurt this team because that offensive line is already gutted already. But, yeah, uh, Nick Gates, I was very impressed with him. He played as well as I could have expected him. Spencer Pulley was very much a disappointment for me. I'm assuming maybe it was just Russ for not being out there because when he went in there uh, last year to replace, uh, who was our center? Greco in the 49ers game, he, he went out there and dominated. And it just he just wasn't the same pulley. I'm not sure what changed. Maybe, as I said, you know, maybe, maybe Russ had a factor into it. But I would be shocked if uh, Jalapio is healthy next week. Uh, or, yeah, next week, that it would be him back out there. Center because Pulley didn't blow anyone away. Pulley, uh, he's a fine backup center because Jalapio, so far through two seasons as our center, he has been injured. But the first one was obviously, it was just a freak accident with his ankle. But, yeah, the offensive line play well. Uh, I wonder... Will we see more of Nick Gates? Like, say, like, Remmers, I'm expecting will be back on uh, Sunday. But maybe it's Solder's not there. Or maybe if Solder is healthy, maybe they decide to put Nick Gates at left tackle. I don't know, because I want to see more of Gates. If, if, if you're going to put Solder on the bench, it has to be Remmers at left. And I'm not ready to say that because really it, was, it was the Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah. I but like, I, I think it's an interesting take. Um, yeah, and say and people say what you want about Jalapio, but he didn't have a single game this year as bad as Pulley had. And Will Hernandez, after having a great game versus Dallas, I mean, he was a beast versus Dallas, and not just like the talking trash thing. He was a beast versus Dallas. He got blown up multiple times against the Jets. He was a big part of the run game not succeeding. Um, that that was pretty surprising to see. All right, that was extremely surprising. The Jets, it's so frustrating, man, that we lost to the Jets because they're not an amazing team. And, I mean, you got Sam Darnold over there after being the Giants saying, oh, guys, we can make a run at this. So it's like, no, you can't. You, you beat the Giants. We're just as bad as you. So, yeah, it's two New York teams with right now in the down in the dumps. But this offensive line, people – I still can't believe people are bashing Dave Gellman about this. It's so frustrating. It's like, what, the guys are injured? And, uh, oh, also, scrap that, what I was about to say. I want to get your take on this. There's The controversy this week was Eric Smith was not getting reps – uh, with like the first or second teams because he was like with the scout team but someone brought up a good point saying that if say say Remmers was healthy and then Solder got the concussion it would have been Nick Gates going in a left tackle what are your thoughts of Eric Smith that he didn't receive any reps leading up to that or just at all this season do you feel like that's a coach's issue or do you think that's like there's nothing you can do about it when you don't you don't expect both your tackles going down at the same time well the first part part is Chad, uh, sorry, I keep on wanting to call Nick Gates Chad Gates. Um, Nick Gates uh, was the backup left tackle all season, so Mike Rimmers goes out. Um, so like you're you're not expecting like um, like you. Sorry, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. Nick Gates was the backup left tackle, so Nick Gates goes in at right tackle, um, and then Chad Slade, who was a, a healthy scratch, and Eric Smith. But practice now. Eric Smith probably played at right tackle, but they probably felt better about Eric Smith because I've never been one to be high on um, on on, uh, on Chad Slade. Now, who do you 
expect to maybe have to fill in for. Nate Solder, who hasn't missed a game since 2015, or Nick Gates, who's, who's never started a game in the NFL. So he practiced at right tackle. I mean, maybe uh, maybe you alternate them, but I, I don't know. I feel like that's just – I feel like that's nitpicking. Um, and we had some uh, criticisms of Shermer. I mean, you were – you're ready to kind of like send – give him the boot. But uh, for me, like, I, I don't know. Like, like, do you want a guy rotating in week 10? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I had, I had no issue with that. That was just uh, an issue Giants Twitter had with going up against Sharon. Like, he, you you cannot predict you lose both your, as you said, your left tackle hasn't missed a game in years and your right tackle at the same time. So it was just, unfortunately, bad timing. And, and people they, brought up Alex Tanney. It's like, yeah, but Alex Tanney is a healthy scratch every week. And I don't yeah. think Alex Tanney should be on the roster. That's something that does annoy me. Um, Tay Davis could still be on this team if Alex oh, Tanney wasn't. Like, like, other, like there, there's an extra roster spot that you could have guys on this team. Um, so I don't think Alex Tanny should be on the team, but Alex Tanny being on the team has nothing to do with that because he's a healthy scratch every week. So he doesn't have any effect on that. Um, yeah. Uh, and the other thing I want to clean up on offense is two Daniel Jones plays, the play action rollout to Red Ellison, which was a really good play. Benny Fowler wide open. I mean, it probably would have been a touchdown. You could debate that he gets stacked with a five or so, but very well could have been a touchdown. Um, and that was just, you know, quick, quick, uh, a quick thought. And then on um, the strip sack that went for a touchdown, he could have pulled that trigger in and he had Golden Tate open. He could have hit Golden Tate. That being said, like Saquon has to make that block better because if Saquon makes that block better, that's a 30 yard play. Um, but at the, at the same time, Daniel Jones should have pulled that trigger. Yeah. Uh, there's plays Daniel Jones should have made, but I, I just want to, our I, I, Stapleton tweeted this out earlier, or yesterday, as as you're listening to this, and it was something that I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So Lamar Jackson, I, I'm, they're just comparing them, but he got understood. Lamar Jackson, remember how much he's improved from last year to this year. Last year, for his first eight starts, he had 13 fumbles. Daniel Jones, for his first eight starts, he has 12 fumbles. So Jones, he can easily get this issue fixed. It's and he and also I'm not sure how many of you watch like uh, NBC. Uh, they uh, Bruce Beck had an interview with Daniel Jones where he said like uh, what 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 do you need to work on the most going to the bye week and then for the rest of the season. And he knows his ball security. He knows that the ball security is hurting this team at times, putting them in bad situations, bad third and long sometimes, and also obviously it gets returned, uh, gets picked up by the other team. So he knows his fumbles are an issue, and and people are saying like oh but Shermer's not the guy to fix it. I mean. We just need Daniel Jones to fix his fumbles, and then if you look at it, he's a great quarterback. He has a thrown interception in a few games at this point. As if he could fix these fumbles, Daniel Jones he, he would easily be one of the uh, top rookies of of the league this year. But the fumbles have hampered him big time. Yeah, um, Danny, you got anything else you want to clean up on the offense before we do some defensive stuff? Nah, I that I got everything off my chest. All right, on defense, now I, I want to talk about this because people have ch- – I, I, Danny, I couldn't believe – I could not believe that my dog is acting like an asshole right now. That's what I <laughs> I heard that. I was like, bro, what's going on with Lucy? Can you down, lay man? down and shut up, Lucy, please? I love you. I love you. Bro, she's All right. riding. Hey, hey, I'm uh, Jeff, giant Jeff. I'm, I'm in my apartment. Actually, it's a house, buddy. Um, and if I put her in another room, she's just going to whine. So – I could not believe people were telling me to cool it on James Betcher. And I have a conspiracy theory. I'm saving that for our roundtable episode uh, on Monday for our bi- our bye week special. I have a conspiracy on it. But I just couldn't believe people were telling me to cool it on James Betcher. They're like, well, look at the personnel. Look at the personnel. I'm like, screw looking at the personnel. Look at what we've seen with our eyes. How many times on third and long have teams converted when we rush for and play zone and just eat up our zone? And then how many times when we blitz – Things actually happen. And I went and just looked at this Jets game, and this has been happening all year. But when the Giants didn't blitz, the Jets converted three out of five of those. And one was like a third and 17th screen the Jets ran. But Sam Darnold was four or five with 67 yards and a touchdown. When the Giants did blitz on third down, when they finally started blitzing in the second quarter, one for six conversion rate. Sam Darnold, one for four with seven yards. Uh, a sack, and then the the one conversion was the the run for 24 yards, so, which is a chance you take with blitzes. But, like, if you look at those numbers, you take that chance. Um, people are like, well, it's the personnel. It's the personnel. You can't trust his back end. It's like, screw that. We don't have the personnel to, to rush forward and play zone. How many times have we seen touchdowns that go right between 
Antoine Bethea and Alex Ogletree. We don't have the personnel to play zone defense or to rush forward play zone. I just I don't understand how people are telling me to cool it on James Betcher. And then I get accused of being a homer. It's like I've been blasting James Betcher all week and giving you evidence of why. It, it blows my mind that people aren't uh, angry with James Betcher. It's not to say that James Betcher is incapable of, of, of coaching a good defense. He did in Arizona. But look at his blitz rates, man. He's coaching scared. He blitzed at 46% at one time in Arizona. And then he went down to 42. And then he went down to 35. And then I'm not sure what last year's was, but this year's has to be somewhere between 15 and 20%. I mean, it, it, and that's me, like, highballing. It's been abysmal. And it's been showing because teams just pick us apart when we do that. But when we actually play aggressive, things happen. Yeah, you can give up a big play. But guess what? We're giving up big plays with zone coverage more than we are than when we're playing aggressive blitz. We've been going at James Betcher for, I man, I feel it feels like since the start of the season, maybe like week two, week three, we, we really started getting on Betcher. As you said, you've been backing up with evidence, but you don't even have to look at your tweets. You literally just have to look at the game and look at how conservative the Giants are being and look how it's it just hurting us. Like, when he blitzed the Jets, it made Sam Dar- Darnold flustered. He made bad throws. He made throws he wouldn't have made if the Giants were just sitting back playing the zone. So, I-, I just don't know why he refuses to blitz. We're 2-8 and eight at this point. What do you got to lose? And, I mean, at this point, James Betcher, while Pat, everyone wants Pat Shimmer fired, it'd be I'd be shocked if he's fired. You're the guy that's going to be on the hot seat. You probably already are on the hot seat. Pat Shermer will most likely move on for you from after this year. Try making make a statement, and be like, "Hey, no, you should keep me as your defensive coordinator. Show that even though your personnel is amazing, that you can make something work with it. You 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 got to trust your guys, and that's something you're not doing. And I know a majority of them are struggling, but guess what? You got to have faith in your defense. And when you blitz, it it shows. That it works, and I know people are like, oh, but it's the Jets, but it, it's worked every time he's blitzed. Blitzing works, and especially for this Giants defense, it gives us our best chance to help our secondary out to make plays. It, it's just frustrating, James Betcher really is, and if anyone's going to be gone after this season, it's James Betcher. There's no way, absolutely no way he's around because he's just he's just not a good defensive coordinator, or at least not for us. He, just, he came to New York, and he just got scared. I don't know why that happened. But maybe the big market got to him. But, like, he's not going to ask these questions. He's not the one having to deal with the media on a week-by-week basis. So he, something changed with James Betcher when he came to New York, or at least especially this year. I have to rewatch last year to see if he was this conservative. But I don't know what happened with James Betcher. But I want the old James Betcher back. I want you back. I want it. Now. All right. Some positives. Dallin Thomason has been a beast. I mean, he just bench-pressed the center in one play. He has been He made plays in the run game. He made games in the plays in the past game. Dalvin Thompson has been a beast, Danny. And then some of the other D linemen, we saw a few times where Dexter Lawrence and, and Leonard Williams worked together, and it was nice. I mean, those both both those guys, the numbers don't look great, but both those guys made plays, Leonard Williams more than others. And if there was a, a game for Leonard Williams to have an excuse, it would be this game because, like, familiarity, that, that good – familiarity helps an offensive lineman versus defensive lineman because you know what kind of moves you know what he likes on what down like like you just it just helps an offensive lineman versus a defensive lineman more than it helps a defensive lineman but he made some uh, really good plays uh pressure in the qb forcing incompletions so i i did like what i saw about out of those three yeah i agree with you 100 but something as i was watching the game on giants uh that was being all talked about i forgot who first brought up i agree B.J. Hill, man, he, he's fallen on the depth chart. I don't even remember seeing B.J. Hill. I Maybe he was out there like a few times, but I just don't remember it. The Leonard Williams trade, it just sent him down the depth chart. And obviously, I'm a fan of B.J. Hill, but he hasn't had last year. Obviously, he had five sacks, but like three of them came in like that Bears game. So I'm intrigued to see how B.J. Hill will be used for the remainder of his uh, time here in New York. Because maybe when a new, if a new defense coordinator comes, then maybe he starts to use him more. But this three-four system, I don't know. I mean, we have a ton of defensive linemen. But, uh, Dave Gummer loves the defensive linemen. Maybe a four-three is needed up here in New York to get all these guys at least some decent playing time. Because our defensive line is a solid group of guys, as you said, Dexter Lawrence who is developing, Leonard Williams who has the potential, Dallas Thompson. We've seen teams will double. He's like what most double team player in the league when he's in there. Or that was a stat before the Leonard Williams trade. So. 
I feel like a 4-3 system is needed up here in New York mainly for that defensive line because Dave Gellman, he loves his hog mollies, and he got a lot of them on defense. So, yeah, I mean, B.J. Hill, though, he's just falling on the depth chart. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, a third-round pick with that kind of talent being your fourth guy isn't a bad option, although we did expect more than B.J. Hill. But, Danny, I will say, going into this, this season, who were the two guys we said, listen, these guys can have great years. But I'm not expecting it, and I think some of the numbers don't tell the whole story. And like, don't, don't freak out if these two guys aren't world beaters. That was Lorenzo Carter, and that was B.J. Hill. I told people, don't get fooled by their sack numbers and how they like jumped up in the second half. Let's see, because this is what happens with every fan base. We get these guys who have decent rookie years, and we're like, well, it's their second year. They're gonna be go from decent to really good. And that's just not the way the NFL works. Um, so I, I, as much as there's disappointment in there, I feel like it's, it's not a much below expectation. BJ Hill is below expectations. What we expect out of him this year. Carter, I think is right around that range. I think he's actually been pretty decent. He just doesn't have the sack numbers. Yeah, he does have the sack numbers. I mean, he, he, he's out there and he, he's disrupted plays. He's made some plays here and there. BJ Hill has been easily disappointing for me because I, 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 of course, I fell into the track because I thought I just expected him to have a bigger jump this year. And even when he was in there, he wasn't making plays. So, yeah, you, you called it. You said don't uh, overhype with the sacks. As I said, he had five sacks last year, but I'm pretty sure one, one, he had three sacks against the Bears, and that really helped his number out. So, he's just someone that, as you said, he's a fair around town. He's our fourth guy. That's not terrible, but. I expected more from B.J. Hill this year, and I feel like many people did. Maybe I'm an alone minority here, but I feel like many people expected big things from him. Yeah, and then the other thing I wanted to point out um, before I let you kick it off to whatever you wanted to hit on, DeAndre Baker, um, the flea flicker, I put out a clip. That was on to Antoine Bethea. Antoine Bethea just sat in the way, and the wide receiver used Antoine Bethea as like a basketball pick. Um, So that wasn't on Baker. Uh, the pass interference, I mean, I don't know. Do you think that's pass interference or not? It depends on uh, who, whoever you ask, but he was right there with them. Uh, and he gave up a couple catches. The pass interference, that was definitely a pass interference. Or I guess they call it a defensive holding. That was on him. But I feel like people are freaking out about DeAndre Baker, and I don't understand it. Like, I, 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 I don't get what I, – I feel like he's played pretty good. He hasn't been, like, great and, like, like this guy is, like, battling for defensive rookie of the year. But I, I don't understand why people think he's been as bad as they say he has. I, I don't know. Like, there's there's been guys who have not lived up to expectations, and and I guess Baker could fall in that. But people are asking like he like like he's been a bust. I feel like he's been way better than a lot of first round corners we've seen. Cough, Eli Apple, cough. That no, yeah, DeAndre Baker. He he's a rookie corner developing. Yeah, he's made some bad plays, but he's made some good plays. You just gotta. Most of his bad plays has been because of James Bedrick playing him ten yards yeah. off on third down. When he's actually playing bump and run man coverage, he's actually he's playing pretty decent. Yeah, he's he's a rookie. He's gonna take time. Not every rookie hits right away. You gotta you just gotta wait. But I uh, I do have at least two things I do want to maybe one thing. I'll I'll say my one thing first. Uh, just overall on the team, uh, this team has not quit on Pat Shermer yet. At least. On the field, they they still play as hard as they can. They they still try to go out there and get the win. I still stick by what I said on Sherman on the last podcast, but the team has not quit on Sherman. They still go out there each and every week, try their best to win a game. Yes, they start off slow, but look, in this at least usually the second third quarter, this team picks up. They start to make plays, but then the fourth quarter they fall off again. But still, they are not quitting on Pat Shermer, and I'll give him credit for that. While McAdoo, this team quit on him, these guys are still fighting for Shermer. And I, I think the guys, players respect him. I think they're a fan of Pat Shermer. I feel like if he goes, many players will be sad because he's like a player's guy. And like Janoris Jenkins said, like he knew he wasn't going to trade before anyone else because Pat Shermer's like, hey, we're not trading you. He keeps his players in the know, and that's why they respect Shermer. So, as I said, I still stick by what I say, but this team has not quit on Pat Shermer yet. Danny, didn't you see him and Alec Ogletree arguing about which way to, to kick the ball? Um, I don't, this team, I don't, they, they hate him. <laughs> Dan, Duggan posted, Dan Duggan posted it. And like, it, you know, it wasn't like saying, like, look, this team. He, he just posted it and was like, hey, they're, it looks like they're arguing about um, the way the ball was uh, to be kicked, like whatever direction they wanted to defend. 
And then I saw like ten quote tweets like, "See, this guy has lost his team. This defense doesn't." I was like, "Are you I was like, come on? Like, are we really going to stretch that much for for some kind of take on Fat Shermer?" That that's oh. that is so funny. Also, speaking of that, did Geno Smith say head or tails? Everyone's like, "You dummies! You you just didn't hear the twang." I thought he said tails. It sounds it sounds a lot like tails. It's almost- People are like, you don't understand the twang. I was like, I don't know. I listened as hard as I could. It sounded like he said tails. Yeah, yeah. Smith, how can you could do that with us? How can you couldn't make a good coin call toss with us? All you do is take Eli, and everyone hated you, made death threats to your family. So I mean, I mean, I know it's not Geno Smith's fault for starting that game. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But I still just dislike him for it. Yeah, I still. Yeah, I mean, I still dislike him for him. Like you're the guy that snapped Eli's cheek, even though it was Ben McAdoo that made the call. I still hate you for it. It's guilt by association. Um, that's pretty much what it is. Where is Ben McAdoo anyway? Wasn't he like considered to be the Browns head coach or like at least their offensive coordinator, and he just disappeared? He's, he's like he's, Matt Dodge. He's legitimately in hiding. I wouldn't blame him. He, he was noted last, last offseason. He was see, after the Jaguars fired their offensive coordinator, like after week 15. He was seen in a Jacksonville airport. And I was like, oh my gosh, Coughlin's bringing the kid back in. Uh, and, and nothing <laughs> came of it. Yeah, he just wanted to hide. He's like, Matt Dodge. Yeah, where's Matt Dodge? And my man disappeared after that punt. The punters disappear all the time. Head coaches. Is like, we, Except we, Steve like, Weatherford. My man's still out there. Guy, like uh, McAdoo, too. Yeah, it's. I don't know how we got off on a tangent on Mac, dude. I just somehow, for some reason, said his name. But yeah, uh, that that's my point. This team hasn't quit on Shermer yet. Bringing it back around, he, th- right. they're still fighting for him. All right, let's take a break and we'll answer some mailback questions. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. First question comes from Matt Carson at plug, but the L is spelled with a one underscore bankrupt. He asks, what do you guys, who do you guys think gets team's midseason awards? So let's start first. Best player, Bobby, who's been the best player? It's hard to say because some of the best players haven't been out there. Like Saquon was hurt, and then it hasn't been the same as hurt. Shep, you could have made the argument, but he's been hurt. Ingram's missed games. I think you gotta go with, like, and I, I this is gonna sound super biased, but Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, he won us that game against Tampa. Without Daniel Jones, we don't win that game. Um, you know, the Washington game, like, you can't say anybody on the defense. Although I think Dexter Lawrence has been really good, Marcus Golden has been really good, um, Jabril Peppers has been pretty good, but the like MVP of the team, it has to be Daniel Jones for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, me personally. Uh, he hasn't, I'm going to go different. I'm going to say Jabril Peppers, uh, because he, he's been one of the guys on defense that, you know, he's been making plays. He's made good tackles. Yes. He's missed a few plays here and there, but so far, if you look at it, we're winning the Odell trade, just comparing what both teams, how they're doing with the players. And I'm not looking at the overall records. The Browns are like, they're one game better than us. And Odell has not been a major factor for them. Jabril Peppers, he's been a factor for us on defense. So I'm saying Jabril Peppers is, uh, my best player of the midseason so far. Breakout player, Bobby, go. I'm actually going Jabril Peppers. Now, Jabril Peppers wasn't bad in Cleveland, but he, he wasn't as big as a playmaker, and, and you could partly blame that on the way Cleveland used him. But I got to go Jabril Peppers, man. He's made plays and in, in, in big games. He's made big hits. Like He's done everything. He even had the, the interception against Haskins for a touchdown. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going Jabril Peppers. See, I, this is this is a tough one for me because, as you said, Real Peppers, he's been a breakout player right now. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, there really hasn't been a player that's jumped down to me as a breakout player. Do so. we count? I mean, if, do, do we count rookies? If you want to count rookies, I say if you want to. Yeah, I say you can count rookies if you want to change your pick. Well, I don't want to change my pick. Though. Yeah, yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to. Don't work I'm tra- for you, yeah, Danny. All right. I, thank you. Thank you so it. much. I'm trying to think of like rookies. Uh, it. it hmm. I'm gonna Danny, say. It's so obvious, I'm, and if you don't say it, I'm gonna freak out. Do you want me to say Ryan Connolly? How are you gonna pick a man that's like dead? 
Well, because he had one good game, I can't think of one right now. I can't. Darius Slayton. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a bad one. I can't believe I forgot about Darius Slayton. You, you, you literally lobbed it up to me. I'm like the Nets. You lobbed it up to me, but I completely whiffed on it. Darius Slayton, as Bobby said for me, not now to say it makes perfect sense. He's he's been damaged. Jones' target, he's had, I think he leads the rookie in touchdowns, or he's like one off the lead. So yeah, Darius Slayton, he's obviously the breakout player, obviously after Bobby lobbed it to me. Most disappointed player, I think we could be both in agreement here, Antoine Bethea, he's just yeah. sucked. Antoine Bethea, we, I expected big things out of him, he's been horrible, um, and he's like been beyond horrible, so yeah, Antoine Bethea for me as well. Uh, and then he has, excited about the most, uh, I'm going to say, Dexter Lawrence, because the guy, he hasn't he hasn't hit like his peak yet, but he's made plays. He's been a factor on that defensive line, and then you got him, Leonard Williams as the duo of the future. I'm most excited about Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, Daniel Jones would be the easy one, but I feel like it's too easy to pick. Dexter Lawrence probably would have been mine, but you picked it. Um, I'm gonna go. I can't say Ryan Connolly because he's hurt, but if Ryan Connolly is healthy, I would say him. <laughs> I like how we both reverted to Ryan Connolly when we didn't know the pick. I would say Darius, uh, Darius Slayton by process of elimination. I, I, I respect that. Uh, Matt, thanks for the the good question here. Next question comes from DreadXC, uh, L-I-I, at Dread underscore XCII. He has, assuming you have a top five pick, let's say, let's say free right now, how would you tackle this offseason? Resigns, free agency, and draft. All right, would- this is this is too much. Um, that's way too much of a question. D- Danny, go pos- go your top three positions yep. you would attack in the draft. Saying we don't say if we don't get anybody in free agency, because right. I'm uh, not. We're not going to go through the whole offseason. Yeah. Well, no, you don't want to go step by step, step by step. <laughs> uh, if top three in the draft, uh, left tackle, uh, free safety. And uh, linebacker next to Connolly. Uh, left tackle, defensive end, um, and 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 then a middle linebacker. Uh, now, if Chase Young's there, then you take him over left tackle. But as far as positional need, uh, that's the way I'm going. Yeah, and also like if you're going by importance, you prioritize the draft free agencies for like a plug in here player here and there. Next question comes from. Uh, just a Giants fan podcast at J A G F podcast. Yeah, I know people are targeting Shermer and Bencher as the guys to get fired, but shouldn't multiple position coaches be turned over given the lack of fundamentals that crept up, creeped up and the lack of cohesion in specific units? That was wordy AF. Sorry, not it's not wordy AF. You you gave us a good question. That it's that's actually, what you gave us right there, Danny. It's a really good question, and it was one I was thinking about before this. Here is why I'm not going to go after like Hal Hunter, the offensive line coach, because we don't know what's going on. Like, I completely forgot Hal Hunter. Huh, huh. If you like, he's always here, Hal Hunter. <laughs> yeah, if you go off my gut, I'd be like Hal Hunter is a bad offensive line coach. But at the same time, as bad as like Nick Sol- Sol- or Nate Solder's been, Nick Gates' technique was really good. So why is Nate Solder's technique horrible and Nick Gates is good? Um, it's just we don't see like the offense, offensive, the off like Shermer and Betcher. We can see what they're coaching, like game plans, schemes, um, how they, you know, who starts where, who does this. But the positional guys, we just don't know. So I, I you know, we try to be as as reasonable as we can on this show. And that's why I can't go after those guys. And I'm not saying they could be horrible for all I know. It's just that we don't know. I agree with you. That, but then a New York Giant fan in CLT, not sure exactly where that is. I can't think of that. But he brought up a good point. Uh, he brought up uh, Kevin Withers is his name, our defensive back coach. He said, is Withers the right guy for a young unit? Maybe he's the reason why – maybe he's, like, telling Betcher, like, hey, play these guys a little bit off the line of scrimmage right now. I don't have the faith in him. Maybe he's the reason why Jay's Betcher's being very conservative with them. I feel – Kevin Withers, I mean, I follow him on social media. He's the most boring guy. I don't even think he's tweeted once. But, yeah, we have uh, Lou Anamuro, if that's his name. But, obviously, he, uh, he's with the – Bengals now in their own nine. So so far, I mean, Lou was very sought after by Zach Taylor, but he wasn't anything special with us, at least from what I remember. But yeah, uh, obviously, position coaches will be turned over. E- say Betcher is kept. I would assume he will turn over his guys. Shermer, I would assume, uh, may turn over a few guys here and there, but maybe not really over there. But yeah, position coaches, 
yeah, they're they're not talked about a lot. But yeah, maybe there is a reason why the James Butcher has been maybe conservative with his guys. Yeah. All right. Next question. Next question comes from uh, at Ellsbury NYY, who is uh, what is that like? His just name on Twitter is uh, F the Giants man. Like I'm heartbroken. I agree with him there. He asks, how are you capable of continuously talking about slash covering this sorry franchise as a diehard since 2013? I've experienced nothing. Except losing and getting my heart broken, even in 2016, we lost in the most heartbreaking way. Love the show, but damn. I mean, we enjoy doing the show, but I mean, it, it, it does suck. We did choose a team that is completely bombing right now. It, it sucks. Well, I've been a diehard my whole life, so yeah, I two Super Bowls. Yeah, um, that's I'm a nice thing. The biggest supporter, Daniel Jones. I'm excited about him. I'm always kind of like a like I'm not just like a negative for no re- like reason guy. I'm not going to be positive about everything, but I'm a, I'm a generally positive guy. And there's a lot of young guys that I like going and watching and rewatching, and it's like I, I don't enjoy watching the games and losing. It's, it's flat out miserable. But you know I care about the team and I I think they're heading in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it's not e- it's not easy recording Sunday nights after a while. Oh, yeah. so it it, it absolutely sucks. No, I mean, I'm with you. I've, I've seen the two Super Bowls, so I mean, my life. You've been 2013, and it's been it's been quite bad since 2013. Obviously, yeah, 2016. I mean, that was just also a crappy way to lose in that playoff game. Also, speaking of 2016, bro, that damn boat photo that that's haunted us ever since. And I know, I know, people are like, oh, show us a photo, but like, we're 10 and 33 since that photo. That boat changed everything, man. Even though like two of those players, you know, three of those players that are on that boat are no longer with us. No comment. <laughs> it's, it's in your fl- state of Florida, Bobby. You should have told them to get out of there and just like get back to work. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, I will not be commenting on the situation. <laughs> uh, Jeff it's Boyd. It's been dealt with internally. <laughs> at Jeff Boyd. Jeff Boyd at understanding. At underscore the Boyd Wonder. Uh, it's not a Giants question. It's an NFL question. He has, what is your guys take on the upcoming Kaepernick workout? Not just the Giants, but in general. Uh, Bobby, I'll send it to you. Yeah, basically, I think it's kind of, I think if you're the most pro-Kaepernick guy or the most anti-Kaepernick guy, I think you kind of realize this is a joke. Week 11, like, is anyone going to sign him? I mean, teams have shown they're not going to sign him. So if you're the most pro-Kaepernick guy, it's like, what are you doing this at? Week 11 for, do you think this fixes anything? And if you're the most anti-Kaepernick guy, you're mad because they keep on giving this guy a chance. So um, I really, and I know like, like people are just like, oh, well, you're not going to say anything about it because you don't want to offend one, one side or the other. But I really never like was e- with either side. Like I, I, I understand the points of both sides. Um, and I don't really want to get into that all again, but I think whatever side you're on, you kind of look at this and like, what, like, is this like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. This is a show the NFL is trying to get it back in there. And I mean, obviously, as you said, what team's going to want to sign in week 11? Most teams the only have... NFL like screws up things like this. Like, do yeah. this in, I don't, I don't know. They like, yeah. they can't get out of their own way. It's like, they're yeah. just like, Hey, let's piss off everybody. Yeah. Like there's, there's no team that wants Kaepernick, at least right now. Maybe that'd be like, this is looking at him for like in the training camp next year. The only team that you could say may take a quarterback with struggles as much as the bears and Mr. Biscay. But why would you do that? Uh, give up on your rookie quarterback, not rookie. It's, 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 we, it's week 11. So yeah, it's week 11. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's just the NFL, like getting in their own way. They're like, let's make every single person on either side of this situation yeah. mad. I don't know. I think it's kind of silly. Yeah. And as, as I said, it, if, it, if this was like if Des Bryant did this, it'd be a different story because teams need wide receivers at this stage in the year. Uh, oh, actually, I missed a question here at at the real Frank the Tank at Romo Cop seventy four. He asked guys, I, I pretty much know where you stand, but are, there are some smart people that say moving on from Poop Sherm won't hinder DJ. They feel he isn't the right guy. Can't win with him. Tell me why you think we can win with him, and what other changes we should make. Fire H H. New OC, I think he, he meant head head coach with yeah, AJ. head coach. Yeah, that's, oh, that's Hal, actually, Hal Hunter. Yeah, I was trying to think of like, is he talking about Hal Hunter? Uh, we said our piece on Hal Hunter. We don't know. Nick Gates played well, but Nate Solder sucks, so it's hard to tell there. But uh, I think I I want Shimmer fired. Let's make that clear, or at least hey, I don't hey, have the faith let, in him. Let me start with this because I yeah, don't want to. I don't want. I don't want us to get into the whole. Yeah, like fired. This is the right way. This is, this is just because I'm, I'm, I'm also tired of this topic. Um, basically, this is what I'm going to say. 
Would firing Shermer ruin Daniel Jones? No, I don't think so. Does Pat Shermer have something to do with Daniel Jones' success? Yes, it does. If Pat Shermer was fired, could someone come in and do a better job than Daniel Jones? Yeah, there's a good chance. Like, there's, a, I'm sure there's good guys out there. Could someone come in and make it way worse, like Greg Roman? Yes. Please shut up about Greg Roman. I know, I don't mean that to be offensive, but please spare me of Greg Roman should be the head coach take. Like, I, I, I don't even care if you fire Shermer. Just don't hire Greg Roman. So, basically, it's like, like you can't say that Shermer has nothing to do with Daniel Jones' progress because he does. Now, do you say it's all of him? No, it's just it's everything usually lands in the middle. That's kind of where the truth usually lies. Yeah, uh, as you said, uh, Shermer is very much a reason why Daniel Jones has played well. And obviously, I know people are like, oh, but the fumbles is like, I mean, that takes time to fix. So. As long as Sher- Daniel Jones played well under Shermer, and as I said after my rant on Shermer, I think he'll be back next year, even though Mara was was very pissed after Sunday's game. So, and, and also, don't expect the Giants to give a public vote of confidence to Shermer. I'd be shocked if they do like what the Jets did. I feel like we just find out after the uh, final game. When you like, do that, that means that you're thinking about firing. Yeah. Like, like, like do, does anyone believe that the Jets yeah. are not going to like consider. talk about this in the offseason? Yeah. Like, do you think they're? Do you think? Oh well, no. Adam Gase is definitely not going to yeah. be fired. No, this actually makes me think Adam Gase is going to be fired more because if you weren't going to, you just want to say it. And plus, you don't know anything can happen on Black Monday after the season ends. So that's something. But yeah, I, the Giants can win with Shermer. Let's make that clear. He he. I know people keep talking about his record in Cleveland, his record now, but like the Giants, they. Yeah, he's struggling in Cleveland, but you could say, look at Bill. I'm not. I, this is a terrible comparison where I'm going with this. But look at Bill Belichick. He sucked in Cleveland as a head coach, and now he's like the best head coach of all time. I'm not saying he's Shermer. Decent in Cleveland too. But like it's Shermer, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying Shermer is going to become the greatest head coach of all time. But people hate to say this or hate hearing this, but I mean, unfortunately. We gotta, we we gotta tr- trust the process. Uh, cause that's all we can do right now. We gotta hope. We have the guys in place to get the job done. And while I'm still very mad at Shermer, I'm a New Yorker. I get frustrated easily. Yeah, but you don't have insider info. So you're yeah, wasting your time. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So, How does this startup podcast that started in March not have <laughs> access to the Giants? When guys, when like they don't even give like 24 7 sports access. Like, yeah. what is wrong with us? Yeah, we just clearly, we just. You uh, know what? Giant Jeff, you, Giant Jeff. We're giving him too much airtime. He listens to the <laughs> episode. He comes in my mentions after like almost every episode. He listens. So much as you hate us, you can't get away from us, Giant Jeff. I bet you Davin is listening too. It's just Davin in disguise. That's who Giant Jeff is. But uh, yeah, Giants can win with Sharma. Well, we're like, who's Giant Jeff and Davin? What, who are these? <laughs> we, 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 the people that must think we're so petty. It, it's bad. But yeah, Giants can win with Sharma. It's just I don't have the faith in him right now. Final question comes from Agent X at Agent X six zero two one. He has how many licks does it take to get to the center of a of a Maripop? That, that's the question, Bobby. Four, four championships. I, I I I don't get the joke to be honest. Like I know it's a joke. I I don't get it. Are you? I mean, I don't get it either, but I'm I'm just laughing. Is that it was, like a sexual joke? Is it like a? <laughs> are they saying that we like kiss mirrors? I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I I don't get what the joke is. I would love an explanation. It could be something very funny that's just going over my head. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it either. I, I mean, mean I might I might know what it is, but I'm not going to say what it is on air. Um, yeah, that, that, this, that could be. We're trying to be. A, and Agent X likes us too, so it's not like a guy saying like coming at us. Uh-huh. Agent X, if you could explain this to us, if you're listening to this, I may even just tweet like, "Can, can you explain?" No, so he but, has yeah. to. He has to listen and explain. But Agent yeah. X, tweet us and explain what the yeah. joke is. Explain this because we are very intrigued by what you mean, and that is all. Maybe it's a boomer joke. A boomer joke. <laughs> Maybe Agent yeah. X is a boomer, and we just don't get the joke. Yeah, I mean, oh, how's your back doing, boomer? My back is doing fine. You. You, he said, <laughs> and that's all the questions we got. Hey, Danny, you know I can make your back hurt worse than my back hurt on Monday. Oh, with really? a baseball bat, 
I can't <laughs> wait to go to New York. I'm gonna be uh, from New York, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna whack you. Oh, and also, I just want to tell you this now. Uh, based off that Kaepernick question, the Giants will have someone at his workout, so Kaepernick will be replacing Daniel Jones. Right on. Hey, it's not like we're paying a backup quarterback eighteen million this year. <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility. Hey, I mean, maybe he could be the new Alex Sandy. We just have him. Oh, and that brings me up. Vernon Hargrave sucks. I watched him in Tampa. He's garbage. Everyone in Tampa can't stand him. He's a massive first-round bust. We don't want Vernon Hargraves. I yeah, just I want to say him. that. And, and he didn't get cut because he didn't hustle. I put out a tweet. Like, t- guys don't get cu- cut because they don't hustle. They don't. They get cut because they weren't part of the team's future plans, and they're not good football players, and they want to be made – and coaches want to make an example of them. It had nothing to do with hustle. If, if, that, if he was a good player, he would not be cut. <laughs> So I love it. It's like, ooh, uh, General Jenkins would be cut on the Bucks because the one play that he had where he, he didn't go for the tackle. Shut Bruce, up. Bruce Arians would never cut Janoris Jenkins. That that was my favorite thing last night. We're we're ranted at this point. But Bruce Arians would never cut Janoris Jenkins if he didn't hustle. But he does use his running backs in an amazing way in the past game. Uh, we're <laughs> running backs average two point four catches per game. Danny, that is so creative by Bruce Arians. I just I love how we just casually like maybe some of you don't understand, but I like how some of the jabs we take at people. It's hilarious. Not a jab. It's just I don't know. I guess on the I, show we're on the show we're taking Bruceians. That's what I'm doing. Yes, of course. All right, all right. That's the show. We appreciate you guys. We're gonna be back Monday with a special episode. We are doing a collab with our guys over at Bleeding Boo View, Bleeding Busey, Bleeding Blue, Justin Panic and David Powis. Two of our friends, we're going to do half of a show. We're going to do a roundtable. Half is going to be on our show, half on theirs. We're going to talk about the serious issues. We're going to talk about Dave Gettleman, talk about Pat Shermer. We're going to talk about everything. And until then, let's go Big Blue.